Amen. Well, we have been in a series uh, called In His Name for some time. Last week on Easter Sunday, uh, we covered something different, but of course, it uh, or actually it did work into where we're going anyway. Um, but let's look real quickly, we'll look at a few scriptures, put them on the screen, and then we'll turn to some. Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. He is God in the flesh. The Almighty, Jehovah, God Himself, came to earth in the form of a man to die for our sins, to be raised for our justification. And He said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then He delegated that authority to the disciples. You can see, He said, Go therefore. He said, I have the authority. I'm telling you. Because of that, you go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've covered this some, but real quick to get us on the same page. Um, if we look at 1 Corinthians 18, 118, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 118. Excuse me, that's not where I wanted to go. Um, Second, go to 2 Corinthians 5.20. Just put that up on the screen, please. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Just a few scriptures down from the top. I'll start reading it to you, just since we're in review. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So it says we are Christ's ambassadors. We've been, we've been touching on uh, some of these aspects throughout the series, and I encourage you, if you didn't hear them, go back and listen to the rest of the series. It will be a blessing to you. We can't go back and cover those, but we are going in a direction. These are building on one another. We're building uh, step by step uh, for where we are headed, and we'll be resting on some of that this morning. But uh, just real quick, here it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. So Jesus said, I have all authority, all of it's been given to me, you go therefore. So he said, you go because I have all authority, I'm delegating it to you and telling you to go on my behalf. And here it says, we are Christ's ambassadors. See, we are his representatives on the earth to get done what he uh, would have us to do. Christ Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And so we are his body. If he's the head, we're his body. We're the hands and the feet. We speak for him on the earth. Jesus came and walked the earth for a number of years, but his, his earthly ministry has ended in body, but he continues it on through his body, which is us now, and we are doing it in His authority as partners with Him. It says we are ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ. See, that's what authority is. 
He, God has the authority. Jesus has the authority. He delegated to us. So as we speak, we're speaking for Him. What we do, we're doing for Him. And we've touched on that. It says, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We are actually God's ambassadors, God's representatives, God's partners on this earth to say, come back to God. We're representatives for Him. Now, if you go back up to Mark, uh, or not go back up, Mark 16, 15, if we can put that up. Mark 16, 15. Jesus, we'll see this right after, right before He is uh, leaving. This is uh, the Great Commission, just like another variation of it where we just read Matthew. Mark 16, 15 said, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, he's saying, Go. You go. I, and it's implied, and it says it in Matthew. He has the authority, so he's telling us, You go and preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news of everything Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. That is, uh, the term means anointed. The term means he is the Messiah. Jesus, the Messiah. He has given us the commission to go and preach the gospel, which is the good news of everything he accomplished in his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. When he accomplished that work, it is good news. He accomplished salvation, which salvation is not just fire insurance. It's not just being saved from hell. It is actually new life in God. It is healing for our body. It is strength for our relationships. It is freedom from poverty. Poverty is death. God is a God of abundance. He wants all of his children to do well. Wouldn't you want your family and children, do you want them completely poverty-stricken so they don't have enough money to eat? And it's extreme. That what, that's what it is. In the parts of the world, they are so much in poverty, they don't have the ability even to, uh, they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Is that what you would wish for your family? Well, God's no different. That's not from God. God is a God of abundance. When we follow Him and do things His way, He has provided for us to have an abundance. And the abundance is to establish His covenant, not so we can hoard it, so we can be a blessing to others, to establish His covenant on the earth. But it says, Go into all, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Now notice this, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. These things, you, could, you can look at that list. It says, in my name, and then there's a list. They will cast out demons. You could say, in my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. Notice, Jesus said people would speak with new tongues. Not a denomination. Not somebody making something up. Jesus himself said believers would. This is all part of the package of being a witness for him. 18, verse 18, they will take up serpents if they drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Notice in his name, they will do all these things. What is that? In his authority. That doesn't mean um, 
His name is not a tagline that we put on the end of our prayers. We do things in His name. That means in His authority. In what Jesus did for us. Because of what He accomplished, that's why we can do these things. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we are praying because of what He did and because of His ability and His authority, we ask this. That's what it means. And that will help us in our faith when we realize it's in what Jesus did. You're not coming to God begging Him. You're saying, because of what Jesus did, in His name, I ask this. It's not based on you. It's not based on me. It's based on what He accomplished, what Christ accomplished for us. Glory to God. Mark 16, 19 This is just the next verse. It says, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven and sat at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere. So he said, You go, you preach, and do these things. And then what they do? It says, They went out and preached everywhere. Notice this, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. It says, Jesus came and said, you guys go out and do this. In my name, you do these things. And then it says, they went out and preached. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. The, the Lord working with them. Notice that. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. It's the Lord's ministry. It's, it, Jesus is the head of the church. It's as if He is here doing it, but we're hooking up with Him, working with Him. So as we go out and preach the gospel, He is working with us. And notice it says, confirming the word through the accompanying sides. Confirming the word. Through the signs. that He's confirming the word through things happening supernaturally. Let's go ahead and turn over to, to 1 Corinthians 2. Put it up on the screen too, but 1 Corinthians 2. Glory to God. Before you go to 1 Corinthians 2, hold your finger in 1 Corinthians 2. Let's put up Acts 2, or Acts 1. So hold your, uh, your finger in 1 Corinthians 2. But let's go to Acts 1. Verse 4. Acts 1, verse 4. It says there, so this is, we just read some words of Jesus, what he said to go do. But notice here, that says what they ended up going to do. But notice 
right after this gives another account. Verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then verse 6 and 7, he talks about something specific with Israel. We can go to verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there is this element that Jesus said, don't go without this power to start preaching everywhere. There evidently is some timing here with these things. But he said, you go out into all the world. But here he's saying, they stayed in that upper room till they had received power. And then they went out and started preaching. As you see that later in Acts, Peter comes out and he preached and 3,000 people got saved. And the signs and wonders were following. But this is right after God, Jesus is saying, you wait for the power that you're going to be endued with. It is the power of God that is going to back up and confirm the gospel. The power of God in demonstration in all areas is what is going to back up and confirm the gospel to men's hearts. This is not an intellectual doctrine. This isn't something that we just, you know... Teach thoroughly, teaching the mind. It is the power of God that needs to be in demonstration in every area to confirm the preaching of the gospel. Notice he said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. You will receive power to be witnesses. The, 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 the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is not exactly what we're focusing on this morning, but here in relation to where we're going, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gateway to the supernatural. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience, but it endues the church with power. In the Acts, as you go through the whole Acts of the Apostles, and it's called, you know, people put that title, Acts of the Apostles, but it's really the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And that has not ended. It keeps going on to this day. The power of God has not changed. You can't find a single scripture that says the power of God has passed away. The power of God is there for us to be witnesses. Go over to... Uh, Go back if you're still holding your finger in 1 Corinthians. <coughs> Chapter 2, verse 1. Now we are talking about, we've been in this series, in His name. We are representatives in His name on this earth. We are His representatives we are to do, we'll see this more in a second, I believe, but we're to do what he would do if he were here. The apostles went about doing the works of Jesus while he was here. While the th same things he did when he was here, they continued on and were to continue on. Praise God. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Looking for something specific here. Glory to God. Glory to God. We want to, we, we prayed beforehand and we want to get this out right. Let's do, um, let's, can you hold your finger in there one more time? Put up John 14 for us. Or if you can turn over there, it will help you. You're not ready, we're not ready to go to, to 1 Corinthians 2 yet. John 14, verse 12. John 14, Verse 12. John 14, verse 12. Hold your finger in 1 Corinthians. See, we're, we're believing to get the right message out from the Lord. We're not, we don't have something we're just going to go dip, dip, you know, it's preconceived and it's intellectual. It's not. We're, we're hooking up with Him. That's why when you see me do that, you just, I, I'm... I am flowing with the Spirit of God. What do we need to get out in the right order? 1 Corinthians, or I mean, excuse me, John 14, verse 12. Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. The works that I do, he will also do. Who? The one who believes in me. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. See, Jesus, people would think, ah, we need Jesus here. Jesus went to his Father. The Holy Spirit came on the earth to indwell believers and to come on them, to empower them to do the works of Jesus now. He said, Jesus himself said, the works that I will do. See, it didn't say the apostles would do it. It didn't see only pastors or evangelists would do the works. It says, he who believes in me. That's all of us. If you believe and have made Jesus your Lord, if you believe that he died for your sin and you, and that he, ra- he rose from the dead for your justification, the Bible says that you are a believer. The Bible says that you would be saved. It says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Next verse. Whatever you ask in my name, uh, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I believe we'll come back to these things, but notice, it's in his name. That's why we have this ability. Not because you're so great, not because I'm so great, but because Jesus is the Christ and he did the heavy lifting. He bought and paid for what we need. But notice he said in verse 12, the works that I do, you will do also and greater works. We're supposed to be doing what he was doing. He went about preaching and teaching and healing. Glory to God. Let's go, let's go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians. 
You guys hopefully still have that. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Notice that. What, this is the Apostle Paul. He said, When I came to you, I did not come to you with excellent speech, excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is how we're supposed to minister. This is how we're supposed to live our lives. This is what is going to give confirmation to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and He is the Christ. We talked about it last week. The importance of the resurrection on Easter. If you, if you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. If the resurrection did not occur, then we are fools. We're liars, the disciples were incompetent, carriers of truth. Because they're believing a lie, they pass down a lie, and all of us believe something that is false. Jesus has not risen from the dead in that case. That means we're still in our sins. That means we're not saved. We're going through life acting like, you know, we're serving somebody that is not God. But if he did raise from the dead, he is who he says he is. And he said he would raise, would rise from the dead. He did. If he rose from the dead, then the gospel is true. There is no man naturally, apart from the power of God, that when he dies, gets back up after three days in the tomb. Only when it's the power of God. You see this even after Jesus because it was the power of God. And Jesus himself rose, raised Lazarus from the dead. But you don't, that's not the normal operating procedure. For people to die and then pop back up. But Jesus rose from the dead, did what he said, and he appeared to people. Now, he gave the commission to the disciples and said, you go tell people. And he said the signs and wonders and the power of God would follow him. Because we can talk about Jesus being raised from the dead. And we can talk about it intellectually. And we can say we're Christians. And we can hold up our Bibles and say, look, this is a holy book. But other religions in the world have holy books. And they can say, yeah, but our prophet did such and such. They may not claim he raised from the dead, but they'll say, prove it. So you leave a bunch of testimony from a, a bunch of people that are dead. And you have followed this. Prove it. You're limited to intellectual going down. You can prove Jesus is the Christ through the word. But you know what? People will just take the word out and say, I don't believe the Bible. So now what are you on? It's the truth. It's the word of God. We don't. It's not that 
we have that God has to prove himself to man. They have an opportunity to believe and the word of God will convict their conscience. They can believe it. But we are also supposed to have supernatural support and supernatural uh, supernatural credence to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. We are not supposed to go into the world powerless and be completely just relegated to, well, trying to argue. Don't try to argue with people. Arguments get you nowhere. If somebody's asking questions and wants to have an honest discussion with you, that's one thing. The Bible says that we should know so the, the reason for our hope. But we're also supposed to be able to support and walk in the power of God. Now notice what it says. Let's go back to verse 1. I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. The fact that something's very articulate or, you know, uh, very polished or has, a, you know, uh, a bunch of slides or bullet points or whatever does not, that that does not uh, give the testimony of God. That can just give you, yeah, a bunch of points, but then you can have other points and you can have any kind of philosophy that has the same thing and be more polished. The Bible says here, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. He said, that was not what I was relying on. The slickness of the package. We're not against, it can be slick or not slick, but that's not the substance. Do you care? Some of you may, but I don't care how slick the packaging is on something I buy, I care about the product. It can be the slickest packaging that ever anybody ever saw, but if the thing falls apart in 10 minutes after I start using, I don't want it. And it can be the slickest, slickest presentation of food, but if it doesn't taste good, I don't care. Yes. It could look so pretty, and you bite into it. Ugh. Huh? How about you? I'd rather go somewhere where it, it might not be slick, but man, man, is it good. Well, how much more the spiritual things? What, are we just playing? A, I mean, worldwide, is this just a big game? We're just going to all have our own little club and little, you know, well, we believe this. We believe this. Well, I believe this. Let me prove it to you. Well, I believe this. Let me prove it to you. Oh, well, you believe that. Well, we don't. We've believed this for generations and we believe this. Well, well I don't. And just, well, we'll just go on. Is there a truth and a real God and a real Christ or not? Yes. And what are you relegated to? If you don't have the supernatural, we're relegated to discussions about who heard what and tried to prove it, and you can try to prove it intellectually, but you cannot prove, you can't even prove there is a God just going line by line. The Bible says it's obvious there's a God, but people have to open their eyes and believe, and there is a foe called Satan that blinds, and you can try to prove it all day long, and people look at it and go, I just don't believe, because believing is a choice. You have to, but you have, you can have everything in front of you. People have to choose to believe. Faith is a choice. Don't ever let people say, I can't believe. That's a false statement. I just can't believe that. That's not true. You can believe anything you want to believe. Just look around. People believe all kinds of nutty stuff. 
Just search the internet, see how many clubs and different things there are. People believe all kinds. They choose to believe. You say, well, I could never believe that. Well, they do. And people have relegated the gospel to that. They'll be like, well, you know, well, right, right. Somebody, you believe in this fairy tale God, and they'll mock God. Well, here's the thing. The supernatural can happen right in front of somebody's eyes and they can still discount it. You, eventually, somebody, we have to choose to believe because the Pharisees saw miracles in front of their face and they were waiting. They were watching Jesus do it. They, they were so mad at him that he healed somebody on the Sabbath. They were saying, watch, he's going to heal somebody. See, I told you he'd heal somebody. And they are not looking at the miracle thinking... Good night. This might actually be the Son of God. They're so ticked at him that they want to kill him. So it does not matter that you do signs and wonders if somebody's going to harden their heart. But there is a place to prove and to show people can harden their heart. People are going to harden their heart in the face of completely supernatural occurrences. But that is their issue. But there is a real and a place for showing and demonstrating the power of God. Then people have, they have to stick their heads in the sand and say, oh no, I'm still not going to believe it's a coincidence here, a coincidence there. Well, they can do that. If you're going to harden your heart, you can do that all day long. But there are some people that are honest that are going to go, okay, we're supposed to have the spiritual equipment. We're supposed to have the power of God operating. Notice verse 2, it says, For I determine not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Notice it's not just elevating a bunch of ideas and doctrine. It's saying Jesus is crucified. And Jesus is the Christ. He is who He said He was. He is God. That's the central thing. Not the side issues. Not the slickness. It's He's the Christ. He said, when I was, in, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, verse 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power. Notice he said, my speech and my preaching there. That's what he's saying in context. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Do you realize there is preaching that is anointed by the Word of God, and then there is preaching that is completely flat and dry? That won't change lives. What's the difference? We need the anointing of the Almighty and the power of the Holy Spirit. That will go through right to the heart and change somebody's life. You can be changed in that, in a blink of an eye, when you hear the Word of God. It's as if the Spirit of God, because he, he is, is speaking directly to your heart. Yes, there's a man speaking or there's a woman speaking, but it's the anointing. What's the anointing? It's the power of God resting on some person to do a task. Working through, you can sense the anointing of God. We need preaching and teaching that's not just with flowery wisdom, but with the power, the demonstration of the Spirit of Almighty God. This is what we are supposed to have. Glory to God. He said, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, 
But what? In the power of God. Not in the wisdom of men. Not, wow, that sounds really cool. Wow, really, you convinced me. No, there is a, yes, you can go through the scriptures and convince people. It is supposed to be backed with the power of God, though. You can have something that's powerful and anointed preaching on any subject in the word. Amen. Any subject, and it's like the spirit, there's a punch to it. What is that punch? It's the anointing of the power of God that will help come in and fuse us with life that will help change. What's the point if we come in and hear a good sermon, quote unquote, and it does nothing for us? Wow, that was good. We go out, forget it. We go right back to the way we are living. We want change. We want the Spirit of God to come up. He's not going to condemn you, but he will convict you. He will come up and be, you'll see, I can change and I can do it by the power of God. This could be different in my life and he will give you the power to do it. That's what we're supposed to do week in and week out. When we, when we come together, we're supposed to come in, get taught by the Spirit of God through the gifts that are in the church and come up and walk out and our lives are actually different. Our marriages are better. Our work life is better. Our bodies are better. Our station in life, we come up, we believe God wants more for us. We can do more. He can use us instead of looking at other people and go, well, I just always, I'm trying to look to other people to do something for me. We come up to say, I'm going to be the one that God uses to help others. That comes through the anointing and the power of God and not with natural men's wisdom. Glory to God. The Bible says, can you put up... Um, Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What, what is that? What's the gospel? It's everything that Jesus provided for us. What could Jesus put in there? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the healing of Christ. I am not ashamed of the, the power of God that is in Christ. I am not ashamed of the fact that God wants good things for me and the abundance that's in him. You know, people get ashamed over that. God is not a God of poverty. God wants good things for us. I, the Bible says you could put anything in there. I am not ashamed of the, mo the moving of the Spirit of God. The, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. That's not just the power of God to salvation being saved, going to heaven. That's the power of God. Salvation, there is this big word that means all-inclusive well-being and soundness in every area. Do we want to be sound and completely whole in God? The gospel is the way. The gospel is the power of God to salvation. We are not ashamed of the gospel of God. We are not ashamed of the things of God. 
1 Corinthians 4.20, just a couple scriptures from where you are. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in word, it's in power. The kingdom of God, God's kingdom, the, the, uh, looking at the, the Christ as the risen Son of God, it's not in words, it's in power. God is real, His power is real, the moving of the Spirit is real, and it will change our lives, it will change our bodies, it will give uh, support and witness to the fact that we serve an Almighty God and a risen Christ, and He is moving on the earth today. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is faithful. God is good. We will not back down off the power of God and the moving of the Spirit of God. Amen. That is what will change people's hearts and will change our lives for Him. Amen.